0: I want to help you because I'm going to share by his grace this morning and uh, a word to help you to understand how the righteous must live. Now, I don't know about you, but I've learned in my short life. Now, I think there's two people older than me in this building. Here and Sue's helpons. The rest of you are young. And I've learned something years ago that um, I was a pastor and already out of the 74s. And in 1979, I went through a very bad patch in my life. A whole family. Now, when you go through something, have you discovered you don't want to pray? You go to church, you do all the Christian gymnastics. Have you know? If they raise their hands because we so used to do it and if they speak in tongues, I go, Kamara But there's no nothing about that. And then, so for a year and a half, I was in a bad condition. The children was in the West Coast and I came to fetch them. Lanesburg had the flood the previous Sunday. This is now next Saturday, four, five o'clock in the morning. And 14 kilometers on that side, when you come on that pass, I suddenly had an encounter, was all alone in the car. A light shine in the car and I heard the voice of God. And this was the word. It's time to put your feet in the river, Jordan. Spiritually speaking. I want to depart the water that you can move into your promised land. Now, now, one thing that I've learned about God, you can be in such distance from God. God knows you. He knows everything about you. Numbered your hair. He knows exactly you smile with your front teeth and there's no back teeth in. He knows you don't have it, but we try. Ladies, he knows the real color of your hair. And our age, we normally say 10 years younger and say what size trousers do you wear? Or the lady, what size dress? She wears a 12, but she says a 8. She's not going to fit in that 8. But we say these things, and but God knows everything. Have you discovered? I sat in a meeting when the thing happened in Frank Tiff's church at our big campus, LWPC. We had Ken Green preach there. And I sat there minding my own business. That building sits three and a half thousand people. we 80 people in the building. And I said, did I make the right choice to shift the church here? And all and the next moment Ken stopped. He said, I have a word for the pastor. Yes, the Lord said. you might, I repent. Since he said yes, I repent from every other thing that went through my mind. Because I don't want that to be exposed. Have you ever had this thing like? No, no, no. God spoke to me too. So, Got the children, went back. And uh, somebody invited me to a service at the, the big theater in Johannesburg. Rayma just started. And at that time I had morning services, didn't do evening services. And we are about 12, 2,000 people in this Colosseum or what they call it. Sitting there at the back minding my own business. You know, very Afrikaans and very Pentecostal. Mark my laws here, Jesus. Mark my laws, funny, brother, and Hollywood. No, and we didn't sing that. People that came out of that era know. And uh, the next moment, Ray was preaching and he stopped. And he said, I have a word for the pastor. Or a pastor here. The Lord said, "It's time to put your feet in the River Jordan. I want to depart the water that you can move in your promise." That got my attention. He said, "Stand up." So about two hundred people stood up, and I thought, "My word! Have you ever go through something? And you think you're the only person in the world that goes through it? You fight a battle, and you fight with yourself, and you think nobody knows this is the thing I'm fighting." Have Have you ever? Those of you who don't raise your hands, we're going to make altar call for liars. So, so what happened? I discovered this. I went to sit. Now it's dark. He said, You that just went back sitting, it's you. Now it's impossible that he could see me. So he said, Come to the front. So 200 people went to the front. I said, Jesus, 200 went to sit, 200 stood up. But was actually, so he started praying this side. They would line up. He said, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I was about number 84, and he said, it's you. The Lord said, it's time to put your feet in the River Jordan. And the power of God hit me. And I passed out. I thought I passed out, but it was the power hit me. I stood up, and I realized God was busy with me. So they announced the Hagans are coming, and they're going to be in the Portuguese hall. And I made a plan to go. That's where Uncle Don Leonard gave his heart to the Lord. I came out of that meetings now with my very tradition. And Dad Hagen preached a simple message. that just shall live by faith. I went back. I took a big page. The declarations you heard here this morning. I am what the word says I am. I start writing that on a paper. So three, four, five times a day, I walk in the house and say, I was depressed. I was oppressed. I was compressed. I was all the praises. And I said, I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. And then my life starts changing. Now, because God gives us choices, that you know our life is made out of choices. Police did not stop this morning at your house and say, hey, and put a gun on your head and say, you're going this morning for your punishment to listen to that crazy man there on the platform. No, you had a choice. You could have gone anywhere. Same with me. And I was here early. And uh, now, because God spoke through Moses. And he spoke to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Now, our theme for this month is faith that moves mountains. Because you're going to discover what excites God and what not. And if they can Maybe put it up there, Deuteronomy chapter 30 from verse 11 to 14 and 19 to 20 is a powerful thing. He says, for this commandment which I command you this day is not too difficult for you. Now, now, if you love God, anything God says, it's never too difficult. 1 John chapter 5, 3. He says, it's not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. Verse 12. It says, it says, it says. Boom. It says nothing. For this, it is not a secret laid up. In heaven that you should say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse number 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who shall go to America now or the UK or to China or Korea for us and bring it to us that we may hear and do it. Verse number 14, but the word is very near you. Listen, where is the word? The word is very near you. Where? In your mouth and in your mind. And in your heart, three places, the word of God. You cannot skip or violate you know, one of those places. Normally, we, we, we do the Christian lingo by saying the right, have you met people They make the right sounds, but you know it's not from here. He looked in her eyes and he said, my father has this most beautiful farm. In the meantime, he lives under the bridge. And he said, if you just marry me, We have a castle in Europe. And then she marries him and she finds out, my word, he made the right sound. Help me. He says, but the word is very near you. Where? In your mouth, in your mind, and in your heart, so that you can do it. So the word must be in action. Now now Moses keeps on, he's the inspiration. God inspires him and he brings that word and then we jump to verse 19. So God says, the word is near you and this is where the word is, your mind, your mouth and your heart. And then he says, I call heaven and earth to witness. So we have witnesses against us. You see, uh, the, 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 how longer we serve God and Christianity teach us at a time because we think Christianity, I just believe in Jesus. Christianity is not about God. It is with God. South Africa specifies 85% Christian. Then it's the Mormons, the jolly witnesses, the new apostolic, old apostolic, uh, the beginning apostolic, and all the other apostolic, and whatever you name a church, it's just Christian. But this is the thing. There's a witness against us. God said it. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I set before you life and death. The blessing and the curses. Therefore, choose. So I must make a choice. Help me somebody. I must make a choice. Choose life. Why? So that you and your descendants may live. That word live can also be tracked back to the Greek word, the Zoe word. The life as God has it right now. So in other words, God said, I put me before you to make choices. I was called to a family and they disciplined their son. And he said, as true as the Lord, it was not me. It's the devil told me to do it. You have to make the choice. Now, if we understand the concept or the principle, because what happened, the next generation of Hebrew children is right at the River Jordan and uh, they stand exactly at the place where their ancestors, their parents, and aunts, and uncles, and grandparents was 40 years prior. But the people who were there 40 years prior died destiny poor. And I've buried many people in my life that died destiny poor. The day with Nikki Van der Senior's funeral, uh, we I uh, packed the pack. I put the bodies in the coffin. We flew them to Joburg, and we used Theo Walmerans Church for the funeral. And the coffin was there with Nikki. And Theo looked at him. Nikki was 45 years of age. We had just a few time before that 26,000 people in George, 9,000 in Oats Horn, uh, 18 to 22,000 in Muscle Bay, and Theo looked at him and said, Nicky died, destiny poor, not fulfilling what he was designed for, now God never makes a mistake, he knows the end from the beginning, nothing we do to God by surprise. You hear for more this morning, and the Lord said, "Oh my word, Gabriel! I didn't know he's going to be there." Oh God, know it! He knows everything about us. Can you get an amen? Now, 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 family! This is the thing that you need to know. God doesn't want you destiny poor, because that's the greatest tragedy in life is to live and never discover. Your destiny, your purpose, come on somebody. It's worse than that is to discover your destiny and forfeit it. Now God gave us the means how to do it. He he gave us everything in the word and that's why the word needs to be with me, near me, in me. And this is the most powerful thing because... God gave you the ability to shift mountains, to call things that doesn't exist into existence and call dead things to come alive. And that's what he wants you. Now, God gave us a way how to live. That one said I'm Pentecostal. That one said I'm charismatic. That one said I'm charismatic. That one says I'm reformed. And we have all these names. But that doesn't qualify me that I that guarantee that I am victorious, a overcomer, and a champion moving in this life. And we're not there yet. We grow, and we need to change every day. If you stop, and that's why people ask me, give me two key words. I said, stay humble and stay teachable. The moment when you stop learning, You stop living. The moment when you stop living, you start dying. And that's how people start dying spiritually. Because the word is no longer. We build our life and our ministry on personalities and on characters and on the anointing. And that's powerful. But that doesn't guarantee. We can be hyped up in the service. And when you walk out here and that devil in your street looks at you. How are you going to conquer that devil? Now this is the thing. We are in a war do your neighbor say, you wonder why you're going through what you're going through. It's not because you did something wrong. You are in a spiritual war. Don't think the devil is going to fold his arms and say, hey, that person is destined for greatness. And I'm going to let him just have it. No, he'll try anything. That's why the Bible calls the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And he calls the faith, the shield of faith to quench all the fiery missiles did you hear that word amplified translation it didn't say just one arrow he comes with and he shoots the fiery missiles and the bible says you have the shield of faith to quench all the fiery missiles of the enemy so what did god do hebrews chapter 10:38 turn to hebrews turn to your wife say there he used that Tell tell him, he's using the scripture again. You make your own coffee tomorrow morning. It didn't say she brews, it says Hebrews. And you can Hebrew your own coffee. No, now listen. Okay, some of you will get it later on. And he said, This is how righteous people, this letter was not written to sinners. This letter was written to born-again Christians. They spoke already in tongues. They did everything. And he said, but the just shall live. From experience to experience. From revelation to revelation. From paycheck to paycheck. From miracle to miracle. Nope. It says the just shall live by faith. My righteous servants shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor, born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back, so how will righteous people live? They will live by faith. What is faith? Faith is God said it. I believe it. Now I act upon it. That's faith. God said it. I believe it. Now I act upon it. He says, and this is where Pentecostals and charismatics are in trouble. They said, he said, and if he draws back and shrinks in fear, we do the keys of faith. And People asked me this morning, newcomers and, 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 and the 8 o'clock service about the key. They said they get the key, but they need the messages. And... Uh, but I had people also say, please don't send me that. I know more about that. I need a bigger revelation to get me out of my trouble. I said, there is no bigger revelation. Well, I need another name. I need another uh, Greek word. I need the Latin. Greek, Latin, Hebrew, Portuguese, Chwana, causa. It's the same meaning. He says, if if he draws back from where the righteous are supposed to live by faith and he shrinks in fear, my soul, that you see a capital word, there's God speaking. God's soul has no delight or pleasure in him. Now the question is this morning, if you go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, and uh, now some of you for the record, that person that closed in prayer this morning was a Dutch Reformed Germany, and uh, it wasn't that powerful. Now Hebrews chapter 11 1 tells me what faith is. Normally we say Muslim faith, Hindu faith, this faith, Christian faith, or the faith that's on the wall. That's not what I'm talking here about. Faith is always now. How many of us has hoped in life if I just have a solution for the situation that I'm facing now. And this is the key words that God gave us. How will born again righteous people, God's people and right standing with him live. He says now faith is the assurance. So faith is not in tomorrow. It's always in the now moment. Jesus asked they bring blind Bartholomeus and he cried out and they tried to quiet him and the same people who quieted him had to bring him Jesus said bring him here and he asked blind Bartholomeus what do you want me to do he knew Bartholomeus was blind because he wore a, a cloak from the Sanhedrin he was a legal beggar and he said Lord that I might see he could have asked anything Jesus said see thy faith has made thee whole. What made him whole? Now faith, God said it, I believe it, now I do it. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Your, Your life will be limited. Until you start operating by what God says. And this is where a lot of people discover God's plan and their plans are two different things. Now guess whose plan is the only one that's going to remain standing. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's only the purposes of God that will remain. You see we try. And I was a master plan maker. And then we try religion. And then we try another revelation. And then we try another something. And then we try And it never works out because the word is forever settled in heaven. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof, being the proof, being the proof of the things we do not see. Turn to somebody and say, faith has hands. If there was water and I want to drink water, you can see my hand is around this. Can you see it? Stefan, where are you? Come here, son. I want to show you something. But faith takes that you do not see the hand. It's got an invisible hand to bring from the spirit world into the natural world everything Jesus died for. If I say to Stefan, Stefan, here's a key for your car. What did he do? He just received it. That's what faith does. your car. You, you, you see, this is, now I didn't do it because of, no, we've given away 35 cars or 36 cars, or how many of in my family. That's not the issue. I showed to you it's the same way faith works. Faith works in the same principle. You cannot see the visible but it's the invisible and the invisible is more real than what the visible is because it says there do not see and the conviction of the reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses your biggest enemy on your life's journey is logic and reason. It's almost all with logic. Now what you don't know can hurt you. uh, Because the level of your revelation is the level of your operation. God wants you. If God is this small. This is how small your life is going to be. Because you will never go beyond what you believe. You need to stretch yourself and believe what God says is the ultimate final authority. That's how I bought property without money. That's how we receive stuff. When I came here and cried in 1980, every pastor and everybody said, "This is a graveyard for pastors. I took over the church with three ladies. There's today people still in this church for 42 years that came, gave their hearts in that services. And everybody said, you're never going to make it. It's impossible. You have so many things against you. You're unknown. And you, at that time, the renewal started. And uh, with Nikki, for the best of I and we were part of that. And I started a renewal church with a multinational church. And, and everybody thought I was cuckoo. And I had to stand on the word. Satan worshippers challenge us. We were on one Sunday after charity in the church. They challenged me and Johann. Heidenreich. He had an old Opel Capitan station wagon. We tried table mountain first gear. I didn't want to go up second. No. I said reverse the sucker up here. And then man. Hundreds of Satan worshippers on Signal Hill, while well, it was in May month. I'll never forget that. And it was in the 80s, and they challenged us because they came to the services. That time we had prayer lines, and we still do. And uh, while we pray here, the devil start manifesting, and say, "I will not go out. I will not go out." And they challenged us. Then the, the then after the Satan worshippers, we had, my word, it was the one extreme to the other one. And the mayor called me and he said, I'll have you in one week out of this town. I'll chuck you out, you with your mixed church. Within a week, he was out of town. I'm here 42 years now. You see, people, what help? Not because of pride or Gustav or whatever, it's because of the word. Because faith is now, faith is the substance of the things. And it's the evidence, I carry the evidence here, uh, my word, that what I believe God for is possible. Now now, God made a way, Paul even write to the church in Rome. Because, uh, now if you just move that lobby to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Because I came out of the Blow Rockies, and there's a few here that can identify with the Blow Rockies. And uh, we thought the power was in the hairstyle. I went to cut my hair yesterday. That guy must have been demon-possessed. Because he never stopped cutting, and how more? And you know, I can go like this, and how more? I witness The more he cut that this morning. I had to get a tape to put on my head because he cut everything away. We thought I was sharing in the eight o'clock service. Nicky and myself, we 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 different churches, and we we pioneered every church, started out of nothing. Now we were on the. Uh, border, we, we were in Kempton Park, we were in Chermiston, we were in uh, Barberton, that's actually where we also start, and then Piet that's where Tasha was born, uh, when Jan van Ribia came with the Titanic, and uh, now you must know how young I am, 38 plus Vat, and uh, and we thought, now Nicky had the big baller. Big, 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 long dresses, you know, it's hot, but it's covered. And when we walk on the pave walk, it looks like I'm pushing a Vespa scooter here next to me with the spare wheel standing like that. You know, we, we thought that's where the power is. Ladies had no makeup. The men's, we wear this this round railway shoes with black frames and had a cave of cream, but so because they are more like a ducktail tail a duck. Tail. I grew up in the ducktail time, and you're not allowed. And, uh, and we thought that's where the power is. Then I discover with all that, we're miserable. We walk in unforgiveness. We're angry. Come on. We're so religious. And that didn't change the community. It put more people off. You walk in the store, they say, If you don't understand what I said, I neither did I. But, But with your faith, it is impossible. What pleases God? My belief system in 1918, they buried many people alive who had the flu. At a time before they were more modern technology, when a mamba bites you, they bury you. And people were not dead. Because their nervous system went passive. And the doctor at that time just listened said, oh, 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 no heartbeat. In the meantime, the heart was beating so slow they couldn't beat Now, it's the same with what the devil tried for years since you gave your heart to the Lord is to lame you in your spiritual faith nervous system that you move from a big God into a narrow place and say, this is all what life has to give me. covet, lockdown, not money. Poverty increase, we hear it. There's coming another wave, they predict. And then I heard on the radio, bird flu. It's strange when they predict these things. There was a time of swine flu. Remember the far clip? Then everybody walk around. And then they just had a symptom, they say, I think. Somebody told me their mother had 17 COVID tests already. Because just a little thing, then she must go for the test. It's amazing. You see, that's why what honors God, but without faith it is impossible. Impossible to believe God. We believe preachers. Now, don't believe what I say. And please, I beg you, don't believe everything you hear on CDs, on tapes, on television. Make sure it's in the Word. Because we have become that thing with the microwave Christianity. Somebody can just say a slogan and, oh, there's another spirit operating now. And then we go, but is it in the Bible? Because Satan's strategy, the scribes and Pharisees used the the, the written word against Jesus. Make sure it's in the Bible. If it's not the Bible, it's not God. If somebody stands up and says, ba, 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 Thus saith the Lord, and he prophesy, and that prophecy doesn't line up with God's word, put it there. Just chuck it out. You don't even need to put it on the shelf. Because God can never contradict his word. Help me. Now, now this is the thing. So what do I need that excites heaven? I need to believe God, for his word is the final authority in my life. But without faith, it is impossible to please God and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. So I need faith, not my clothes, not how good I can preach. That time when I was back in 1979, I preached that people climb over the chairs to give their hearts to the Lord. I've seen in my lukewarm condition God healed people. Then I walk out of that meetings and I say, "God, I only fooled myself." You honor your word until I had that encounter with God. The third time I end up there in the leader in Christus, and uh, then my the big prophet. He started dancing down the aisle. And Freddie was standing next to me. And I said, Freddie, he's coming for you. He said, no, my life with God is intact. He said, it's you. You're backslidden. And uh, the next moment, I was skinny, weighed 90 pounds. The prophet was in my aisle and he grabbed me. One of his hands is like two of my hands. And I thought he's got me on my jacket that I can work my out of my jacket. But he got me on the collar of my shirt and my jacket. Now, that was old time Pentecostal. And uh, he picked me up. He was about six foot seven. Uncle Nasphori, he picked me up, long beard. And he said, Yo, chriddles, said he. I thought, oh, Jesus, my shares is so low already. Now I'm a little. I, um, and he started pulling me. Now I know if I'm in front, I'm going to be shaken. And they're going to shook me the daylights out of me. And he, my shoes were like, remember when we had the old cars with the chain at the back? And they say it's for the lightning. And you see a car in front of you, the sparks come out of the. Okay, you don't know you young. If you know about that, you. And he dragged me on the aisle. My shoes were sparks. Because I tried to get out and the next moment they have me here and they start shaking me. My friend who's the pastor started prophesying. The Lord said this is the third and the final time I'm telling you. It's time to put your feet in the river Jordan. I want to depart the water so that you can move in the promised land. And I had to understand with a simple message. After that night at the Colosseum Theater, I went there and Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, preached a simple message out of Hebrews chapter 10, 38 that transformed my whole life. Because if I want to excite God, I need to have faith that what God said is the truth. We believe the newspaper, you believe e-news, you believe CNN, continual negative news. You believe the burger and the Cape Argus, what they say in the four, you believe all those negative people. And then the professors comes up, and we have professors here, but luckily they don't spread negative word. And uh, then they start with, and we believe that. 1999 my mother called up all her money in the bank they cancel all the insurance policies because midnight 2000 the whole world's gonna collapse I preach in Chicago at that time a week before that or two weeks and uh, they hand you out pamphlets at the door what to do when Y2K hits And the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I started prophesying in the midst of all that rubbish. And I said, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord said, 2,000, nothing is going to happen. It's going to be a better year as than ever before. And they thought I was crazy. Because God wants you to believe Him. He's not angry about you. He has made up His mind about you. God is not like us. Today I like you, tomorrow I don't. Have you, have you met people like that? One moment they celebrate you, and the next moment they say, crucify him, let Barabbas go. Have you met? Have you had family members? Now let's get to natural family members. We all have one of those family members. Everybody's chirpy and excited until that person walks in there. Then they say, chips, here she comes, chips, here he comes. And all what comes out is negativity. Have you, have, you, have you experienced that? Now this is where Satan's strategy is very simple. Because you possess something that Satan wants out of your life. The word. The parable of the sower. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand nothing. You can read it in the Bible. When does Satan come? Immediately. You sit in the service, and you didn't worry, and suddenly, did I switch off that light, the oven? The chicken must be cremated right now. Did I close the tap? I water the gardener. Did I lock the car? Have, have you ever heard that when you're in service, all these thoughts? When does he stop? I, I forgot to do this. You see, Satan wants to choke the word out of you. Because what does Hebrews chapter 4, 12 say? Can you put it on, please love you? I know it's not on that list. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 will tell you why Satan fears you and doesn't want people to come to church. And he said, no, we're free. We don't need to go to church. No, Hebrews says, don't neglect the gathering of the saints as somebody has developed the habit. It became a habit, he said, and then you're in trouble. He says, for the word that God speaks is What? Alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of the heart. So what is the word of God? It is alive and active. Now John comes, 1 John chapter 5, 4. And John says, you have it. Say, I have it. Because most of the time, we think I still need to get it. While the Bible says, you have it. You have the fullness. People preach about the double portion. Unbiblical. Double portion was an Old Testament thing between Elijah and Elisha. Uh, if I'll uh, give you a double portion of your spirit, the one that eight miracles, the other one 16, the one while he was alive, he did 15, and the 16th one happened when he was in a grave, his bones was there, there was war, one of the soldiers was killed, and they threw the dead body in that grave of the prophet, and when the dead body connect with the dead bones, my word, there was more anointing and power in the dead bones of that prophet than in many people's lives, and he jumped up and he was alive again. But Paul addressed the church, and he says, you have the fullness of the God in you. It says, for whatever is born of God, in other words, you need to be born again. You cannot be just religious and say, I'm a Christian. I was a Christian. I grew up in the Christian faith. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night. My father preached at the New Apostolic, coming out of a generation that we were first Dutch reform and then my father rebelled and then, you know, and then Wednesday nights and that night in 1969. Oh, Jesus, did I really say that word? In November, this time, When I was in that meeting, in a Pentecostal service, I discover I'm religious. I'm not born of God. And that night I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's 50, 50 years ago, 52, nearly 53. For whatever is born of God is what defeated in this world. Just, just exist. You see, we, because if I, if God's plan don't line up and collide with my plan, I just live in one of three levels, where there's a fourth level. I live in survival mode, or I just exist. Or I want to be successful, a three-story house, and a nice car, and flashy clothes, and nice watches, and, you know, and people say, oh, he's successful. Success is not cars, money, and houses. Success, I know very successful people. Told you, Gary and myself flew to the Bahamas to James Bond. Sean Connery, a multi-zillionaire, but the alcoholic, cursed like a sailor, looked like a tramp. If you walked past him in the street, you wouldn't say, it's Dr. No, Goldfinger, Bond, James Bond. You wouldn't say that. The ambassador said, oh, Mr. Connery is very successful. I said, yes, sir, but he's not significant. Because for whatever is born of God is, not will be one day. We all wait for one day when we all get to, one day my battle will be over. One day I will be blessed. One day I will, wa- wa- no, no. God said you can have it right now. It's yours. It's your legal right. You qualify. For whatever is born of God is victorious Over the world, the cosmos system, the system we live in that operates with gold and diamonds and money and with all the things and trade and go just crazy. He said, you are victorious over the cosmos system that operate in the Kronos time. God works in the Kairos moment. And this is what now faith is. Faith takes you out of the Kronos. It's 11 o'clock. But with God, uh, there's not time limited. The bank say tomorrow, 12. And your nerves back up. And you begin, start talking all the junk that we shouldn't. Well, praise the Lord. Good, the owner of a blue Hyundai gets. Who wants to leave the church before it's finished? Don't move your car. Let him sit there. I thought that was a scripture in the Bible. Can you put up again, please? (laughs) Whatever is in the Bible. 1 John chapter 5, 4. It says, Everybody that's born of God. Have world overcoming power. You're victorious. This is the victory that conquers the world. Our hairstyle, our money, our our new revelation, the revival. No, our church has been for more than six years in the revival where people were flying in from all over the world, right here in the sticks, moldings here. And we hyped up and we go out and we defeated, face the same devils and don't know how to have victory over that devil. He says, even our faith, in God's mindset, I've seen the dead raise physically. They shot my sister in the back of the head and I tried to hijack and she was dead. And by God's grace, we raised her and Demas was dead, certified, raised from the dead. I've seen blind eyes open. Gentlemen came to see me and they're going to interview him. He was completely deaf in the revival. He came to me two weeks ago and his blind ears opened by his grace and mercy. Now, you can do the miracles. I've seen cancers. What did I say? Deaf ears. Okay. Okay, deaf ears. I was just checking if you're all awake. For whatever is born of God is victorious. The greatest miracle sits in this building, the viewers. You once were dead, now you're alive, you once were a sinner, now you're a child of God. You once had no hope, now you have all the hope. But God gave us the choice how a believer must live. You can live in doubt and in an unbelief, or you can in fear, or you can live by believing the word of God above your circumstances. And let me land, because Jesus came, and he demonstrated how faith operates in Mark chapter 11, verse 13 and 14. And then we jump to verse 21. But in Mark, when he was putting this down in writing, because remember, God doesn't want you to die destiny Poor. That's why I don't do programs in church. I do process. It's the process. And we, we love God's promises. Woo! By his stripes I'm healed. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. If God is for me, who can be? We love the promises, but we hate the process to the promise. And it's the process that takes you. Because information never changed anybody. We have walking. What? Clopedias? Clopedias? Cyclopedias. Information. But they don't apply. They can tell you the stuff. But they don't live it. Come on. Now, now, and seeing in a distance a fig tree covered with leaves. He went to see if he could find any fruit on it for in the fig tree that fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. So this is where a lot of Christians are. They are leafy but not fruity. Adam and Eve was leafy. They took a megabyte. So the first apple was discovered through Adam and Eve. They took a megabyte. And that megabyte brought the whole world in trouble. He says, time has the leaves. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the fig season had not yet come, verse 14. And he said to it, he speaks to the object. No one ever again shall eat fruit from you and his disciples were listening to what he said. What a Deuteronomy 30 said? Where's the word? In your mouth, in your mind, and in your heart. Afrikaans thing that we said years ago, but from the heart full is, it's Now, 24 hours later in verse 21, Jesus went to the temple, and he got a shambok. And the money and. He cast over the tables. And word, I wonder what would Jesus do when he comes to the church today? So 24 hours later, they passed the fig tree. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. It's in 24 hours time. Let's read verse 22. Now they expect Jesus to explain the thing. Why? But what Jesus said, he gave them the key word. No speaking about a tree now. He spoke to the object. Now he tell them they can do much bigger than the fig tree. Say much bigger. Some called for much bigger. You see, the world say, no, uh, education, no money. You just say, no, 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 no. You, you need to break out. Because heaven depends on you. You can do it. Well, I'm too old. Will there be a somewhere, <laughs> my word, a Caleb that says, give me the mountains at the age of 86. See, people only have two expectations in this life. I deal daily. With people. We do a lot of funerals. We have people in hospital. We see the the heartaches and the pain. People only have two expectations. Charismatics and Pentecostals right now. They either wait for the undertaker. Or the uppertaker. In the meantime. The world depends on you. Creation is waiting. On the manifestation. Of the true children of God. Who are they? Those verse number 14 of Romans 8 who are led by the Holy Spirit. Now the world waits for you. Bless you, that's a B flat. Listen, the world are waiting, and Satan tries to hinder you with the program. And another thing, and there's another prophet, and there's another revelation, and there's another goosebump. He didn't say the goosebumps is gonna, and I believe in goosebumps, I, I believe in all that. I believe in prophets. But some people prophesy, and some prophesy. Some see visions, and others see really visions. You know, in Namibia, I preach there, will say, and that's a spooky one. It says, and Jesus replying said to them, Peter reminds him of the fig tree, what withered. And if you read in the King James, I think it says, it withered from the roots, the origin of life. So when you speak a word, heaven is word sensitive. Kingdom of darkness is word sensitive. It says, and Jesus replying said to them, have faith in God. Footnote, have the God kind of faith. How did God operate? Genesis chapter 1, everything was dark and terrible. And he said, and God said, God operate. He spoke the word. He said, have faith in God Constantly. It's not a switch on and off constantly because you're going to enter into a war. You are in a battle of words, in a battle of your mind, in the battle between life and death, the battle between the curse and the blessing. But if you have constantly have faith in God, verse number 23, now Jesus tell him and them, how does the faith in God can change every situation? Every circumstance. I don't care what you are facing right now. By his grace and his mercy. If you apply the word. That's a sword. That's alive. It's active. That's energizing. That's separate. That's sharper than. If you apply the word. Truly I tell you. Whoever says to this mountain. They asked Jesus about a victory. He spoke to them about the mountain. What must I do to the mountain? Be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart. So what must I do? Whoever says. So God's word in his mouth is as powerful as God's word in your mouth. Satan's word in his mouth is just as powerful as Satan's word in your mouth. That's why Proverbs chapter 18 says, death and life is here. (laughs) In the tongue. He says, if you say, one for the saying, second not doubt in your heart, but believe that what he says, two times he used the word saying. One time, believing in the heart. He says, believe that what he says will take place. It may be done for them. Or I don't know. Now, now, do you know the word will? And it comes out of Jesus' mouth. If you read a King James Bible, it's written in red. If you read from a, a J, Jimmy Schwager Bible, it's reading in black. And what Jimmy says is in red. Yeah, you can read it. Nothing against Jimmy, but, I mean, Jimmy preached for us. But this is the thing. It says, it will be. It will be present tense right now. It will be done for him. What will be done? What you believe with your heart and say with your mouth will be done for you. If you say, I cannot, then you're right. It cannot. If you say it's impossible, then uh, guess what? It will be impossible for you. While Jesus made a statement in Mark chapter 9, 23, and Jesus said unto him, keep that scripture up there. He says, If thou can believe, all things are possible. What must I do? Believe. Have you read in scripture, Jesus couldn't do much miracles in that town? Because of what? Unbelief. It's in the Bible. So if things doesn't work out, I must check my belief because that's how people run on empty tanks. There's ten reasons why you run on an empty spiritual tank and an empty natural tank. And I'm not going to give you all ten, but one of us, because you didn't fill up. And you need to fill up to what God says. No, somebody else written another book. They start with a book. My friend uh, wrote a book in New Orleans about the third heaven. Then somebody came out with the fifth heaven. Then there's a seventh heaven. And then the lady start preaching here in, here in the Cape. She came from Joburg about the seventh heaven and, and, and in the courts. And, and then there's a crazy group in Joburg. While you throw your money, they have big baskets. They sell the whole service. Then Jesus and the 12 apostles are sitting on the JSE market trading with your money. And people flock to those services. Cuckoo! Crazy! Because I know. I had some experiences with those interesting people. I said, where's the souls that you're supposed to win? And the impact in communities. No, God didn't call me for that. I must get Jesus busy. If I don't give, then he's not busy at the JSE with the 12 disciples. And it's highly intelligent people. There's so many wrong teachings out there. Scripture says in the last day they will grow from coast to coast and it will be very, very rare to find what's pure out of the word. He says verse number 24 for this reason I'm telling you whatever say whatever you ask for in prayer what must I do? I must believe believe I must trust and be confident that it is granted to you and you will what? Get it. Verse number 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, just forgive part of that. He said, forgive it. Forgive him or her. And let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. Leave it. Let it go. Why? Why? in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. I've learned this, lesson, ladies and gentlemen, many years ago. I'm only perfect in Jesus. In my own, I do make mistakes. Somebody came to gossip to me about me and he didn't know it was me. And he told me the most horrific stories about me that not the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or the devil knew or I knew about that. And as he told me, I said, my die, Gustavus, I'm a devil. Then he goes on. Then he packs. Uh, and I just fed him with he didn't know. So here, year, two years later, his grandma died. And guess who's the preacher? Whoa! And when I walk on that platform, he was sitting right here. Other building. Coffin here. He developed hemorrhoids immediately. Sit on this cheek then that one. He turned white. Then he's red in his face. And I think today I'll torment you. I'll drag this funeral so that you can feel what it feels to be tormented. I didn't do that. Some of you believe I did. So, so after the service, he came to me and said, "Why didn't you tell me that day it was you?" I said, "No, you wouldn't believe me." He said, "I found out it was, not the truth. I said, "If I defend myself, you wouldn't believe me." You See, this is the thing. Let it drop. And let it go. The formula. And I'm closing. How to get things happened. How to speak. Because on the other side of the mountain that you face. Is phenomenal things. That God wants you to experience the fullness. Christ redeemed me. Don't we look like twins. He's also Gustav. Gustav and Gustav. So if anybody says something bad about Gustav, it's him. No, he's a good man. And uh, listen, family. He redeemed you. the, 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 The curse was spiritual death. It was sickness, diseases, and poverty. Christ redeemed us Galatians chapter 3 from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham can come upon us. So now he redeemed me by his stripes you were made whole and healed. He has sent his word to heal you from all the diseases. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 9. We know the grace of your Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was very rich for your sakes, become very poor. So that through his poverty you may become wealthy. Blessed. That you become a channel that things can flow through you to touch other people. Spiritual life. When this body dies, the real you is going to live. I preach two Friday nights ago in a church and they gave me one of these very expensive watches for my birthday, a fossil. Now, one time I had one of these other watches. What's the things the Americans buy? Rolex! And I thought somebody gave it to me. They say 35 or whatever the thing. I took it to a jeweler and he said, Made in China. This is the most original duplicate. He said, outside. He said, if I didn't open it, I could never tell you it was a fake. So it's not the outside what you see. It's what's inside. How do you wear the kimora? It's not inside, it's on top. So it's what you carry inside. And the old scriptures we were reading, God said, you can. There's nothing impossible in your life that you cannot do. Because he called you as a person of authority. Some of you will remember years ago, there was a young man in in Shirley Street. He was on SABC News 1. He had a coffin for a mailbox. That's 1981. And they brought the boy there because they heard the, the duomenes and pastors call me the Ghostbuster buster in town. I told you when the police put me in a room in Ashley Court and that lady was sitting there with a the big axe. And she said, in a big voice. The police didn't want to go in. They called me on a Saturday morning. And I'm in flip flops and, you know, three quarter They said, somebody needs you up there. I went in, they booted me in, closed the door. And the furniture was in pieces. And I thought, what? Mickey Mouse land am I in now? And the next moment, I heard a voice. I'm waiting for you today and she said in Afrikaans, I'm gonna mark your freak." She stood up six foot lady. She looks like an organ without notes, no teeth. She had a big axe. She wants to chop me. The power of God came and I said the blood. The name of Jesus. She picked up the axe, she froze, she fell down. Cast the devils out. She had that women's meeting in the velodrome where more than a thousand ladies came, Lily Rex. Now hear this. This is the end. Can I have five minutes of you? Or you want to go home? Okay, five minutes. I sat in Dr. Paul young office in 1999 in Korea. He was a Buddhist boy, developing tuberculosis. Korean War. There's no grass, no leaves. They ate everything. They wait for the rain to come. That frogs can come out that they can have meat. His parents left him in a little room to die because they were fleeing for their lives. And this young missionary from America heard about this boy. And she went into that room, shared the gospel. The statues of liberty. She shared the gospel, and he gave his heart to the Lord. He started preaching. Dr. Cho said, because of poverty, they had an old army tent from the U.S. Army. There was so many holes in there when it rains. He sat with the umbrellas at the people here in the services. And he was reading in scripture. Now, the people who's doing the communion come so long while I'm sharing this. Please. Thank you, precious brother. You're awesome. And he was reading in the scripture, you have not because you ask not. And he said, Lord, I need a bicycle, a table and a chair. He said, because I'm asking you in Jesus name. two weeks went by nothing happened and he went back to the Lord he said Lord either your word lies or you make a mistake but I don't think so I think I'm in the wrong and the Lord said yes you are he said you, you are like most of my children you pray vaguely prayers I want to give you the desire of your heart Say, God wants to give me the desire of my heart. If your wife is next to you, say, you are the desire of my heart. I see some ladies does this. No, they don't do it. He said, Lord... I want a thick wheeled bicycle manufactured in the United States of America. That time Korea was in war with Japan and he said, I don't want one in China, they flimsy or out of Japan. I want one manufactured, humanly speaking impossible. I want a mahogany wood table and a Mitsubishi chair with wheels on there that I can wheelie myself in my room in Jesus' name. And the Lord said, do you believe what you've asked for? That it's done, he said. Yes, he said. Tell it. Now, faith is not presumption. Faith is that I know that I know. You're sitting in buildings. You, <laughs> when when we move here by the grace of God, we had nothing. I walked seventy-six miles a week from Zandam Farm. I had cardboard in my shoes. Not money for train fare. The children will tell you, I can cook with bully beef that you will think it's Radisson Hotel food. I know what it is to be very poor. I had nothing. And I stand on the word. When I shared what God said, what's going to happen in this area in the Western Cape, they all said, you're crazy. It cannot happen. I give you the key, ladies and gentlemen, because the word is seed. This is an acorn, an acre but it's actually a tree. This tree is actually a forest. That's what you have in you. I always walk with acorn seed. The seed, you have the word. The sower went out to do what? Sow the seed. The explanation, the seed is the word. So he said, Sunday is on the platform. And he said, God gave me a thick wheel bicycle with gears, mahogany wood table and a mitzvah chair with wheels. And the people clapped. They knew how poor the pastor was. But the young people were waiting. Said show us your bicycle. Your table and your chair. And he said as he walked. He said God let it be there. Let it be there. Let it be there. He unlocked the door. And guess. There was. Nothing. He turned around. And he asked them a question, Brother Leon. He said, When your mother was expecting you, could people see you? My nox And he said, they said no, he said, so am I, I'm pregnant with a bicycle a table and a chair I was pregnant long with a hospital the hospital stands there it's built. I was sharing on television and wherever I said I'm pregnant then everybody looked and said yeah you think my chest became my chest of drawers I'm not in Joshua door business now I'm carrying a hospital today the hospital is standing got a call from the last missionary of America in Korea He must come and help them pack. They flee the nation. He said, as he walked in the garage, they stood the thick wheel bicycle with the gears manufactured in the United States. He said, as he passed it, he laid his hands and said, you mind? mine, you're going home with me today. He said, they packed the containers. There's three articles they did not want to fit in. A thick wheeled bicycle, a mahogany wood table, and a Mitsubishi chair. Then the missionary said, unpack the containers. Put first the bicycle, the table, and the chair. So then they pack it in. Then other articles. Then his wife said, no, unpack the thing again. And later on, he turned around. After a few times, he said, would you mind taking the bicycle, the table, and the chair? And Dr. Cho said he just passed away a few weeks ago. He said, as he walked and they carried the stuff, they were a few people, he stopped. And he said, if the principle of the word works for a bicycle, a table and a chair, I have a dream. Turn to your neighbor, say, get your dream back. Because without a vision, people perish. You need a dream of God back in your life. He said, to have the largest church on the face of the earth. I sat there a million times. Members. Now today this church is much more. They did seven services a week with a 35,000 people per uh, building. Uh, or in 150,000 people, but 35,000 in one building. And then they do seven a day. Dr. Cho said people flying in from all over the world to ask him, preachers, evangelists. Tell us how you did it. And he said, dream, dare to dream a clear-cut golden vision of the desire image God wants you to have. Speak the word of God in boldness and instant obedience. Now this morning, Jesus paid it all. I bought land, I told you. There were times that I had to fly overseas and I didn't have the money. And three hours before the plane has to lift internationally, that's years ago, a bank manager phoned, not even born again. Believe you need to go overseas. Yes, take my credit card. You can give the money. When I came at the airport, the security stopped me. That time Cape Town wasn't so advanced. They had still that step ladders. Then they pulled the stepladders back. Then they stopped the airplane. God's truth. And the lady said, because I caused a commotion, I said, God told me to be on that airplane. She said, you're crazy. She said, this flight, KLM flight that year was from Cape Town to Joburg. They pack all the passengers in. This is an overload flight. She said, but just for to soothe your conscience, I'll find out. She came back, she said, what kind of a man are you? The only seat available that they overlooked is your seat. They had to get a little bucky to drive me to the airplane, put the thing back, and I walk in like a pig in Palestine in that airplane. Now, I'm not telling you it's because of me. The word works. We had debt many years ago. In early mornings, I get up and then I say, paid for. It's paid in Jesus' name. I will never have another broke day in my life. And I didn't know. I was so broke I couldn't even pay attention. I said, my God, we serve you. South Africa will be saved. And today we see, and it's an everyday thing, stand on the word. Near you is the word. And this whole month, we're going to share principles that will catapult you in dimensions to be a great, significant warrior that will change the nations of the world. Now, will you please just hand out the symbol that we say is the blood? Because now the benefits of the word comes when I know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe our viewers or maybe you're here. You're religious. You go to church and you do all the... But Jesus never became real in your heart. And this morning I want to give you opportunity because my mission in life, I refuse to waste time to let people miss Donkey copy, to miss the opportunity of eternity. The Bible says, this is how faith works. You believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. Religion doesn't give eternity. It's relationship. To serve God means I need to have a relationship with Jesus, with Him. This morning, if you don't know Him, I want to give you that opportunity. I prayed this prayer in November 1969. God, not one day disappoint me. If you don't know Him, will you just raise your hand and say, pray with me. Is there anybody? Anybody? Pray with me. Let's all pray together to help those that They can have liberty. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard the word of the Lord and I call upon your name this morning. Jesus, forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Save me, Lord. Cleanse me. Lord Jesus, put my name in the book of life and from this day on, I will serve you, Lord. I will love you and I will tell other people, About Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. There will be ushers outside and you meet with them and they can help you and to lead you. Jesus gave his blood so that we might have life and have that life in abundance. John chapter 10, Amplified Classic. I came that you might have life and have that life in the overflow. The devil wants you in no flow, underflow, or low flow. But God wants you in the overflow to change the world. You're a person of capacity. You have the Holy Ghost. You have the fullness of God. That's why, in that night when Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup and he said, First the bread. And he said, "This bread is the symbol of my body." And when he took the bread, donkey Livy, donkey, when he took the bread, he broke it. He prayed over it. And then he handed out. Everything was paid, took upon Jesus, so that you can have life and have that life in abundance. Take your bread this morning. If somebody's close by, share with them. And don't worry, you will not get covered. You won't get covered. Don't worry. People go to the malls and the bicycle and to the restaurants. They pack to capacity. Then they don't worry. Christians say, cover hey, no, it, cover it, cover it, you know, cover. Cover. Oh, it's a name. It must be how before the name of Jesus. I'm not saying be irresponsible. I say be responsible. And he took it and he ate it. It's his body. It's your right. To live in complete health. Complete victory. Complete happiness. Everything Satan has stolen from you. Say everything. Say everything Satan has stolen from me. I'm taking it back this morning. Then he took the cup. This cup is the covenant. My blood. How often. You eat this bread and drink this cup. You celebrate the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. This is victory. Say it's victory. The victory is yours this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It was the blood. It was the blood. Just thank Jesus for his blood. We say thank you for the blood. It was the blood. Hallelujah. The Bible says you have overcome hell. The blood of the lamb. And the word of your testimony. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody say I am what the word says I am i can do what the word says i can do i will achieve what the word says i will achieve i'm not under the curse i am blessed i'm victorious say death and life it's in the power of my tongue. And from now on, I'll speak life over every situation. And we'll have resurrection power. Will you stand with me please right now? Walk to somebody. Lay your hands on them or put your hands on their shoulder and say, You're victorious. You are a overcomer. You are a champion. You're chosen by God. You're going to make it. You're going to impact the world. You're going to impact the world. Say, you're going to impact the world. Tell them. Say, by his stripes you have been made whole. Say hallelujah. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. The resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. Are you blessed tonight? Six o'clock. Loftal.com Next week we go on. If you want to. You you realize God has called you. Be here tomorrow seven o'clock. So that you can be activated. And used for his glory. The world is waiting on you that you will manifest the greatness of god how's my family let us pray together heavenly father in the name of jesus lord we thank you as your church as your people lord as the ecclesia we thank you for this opportunity that we could gather here today to to, to worship you, to praise you, and to honor you. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the honor for each and every person that is here today. Thank you for your word that went out of God, taught us about faith. We thank you for each and every person, for the worship team, for every person who partook in the service, Lord, we pray your blessings, your favor upon each and every person, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.